Hello and welcome to Perfect Commotion episode 10. This is a special episode for two reasons. First of all, this is our six months anniversary episode. So <laughs> we've been going for six months. And the other thing is, this is our first interview episode. So along with Dave, do you want to say hello? Hello, guys. We've also got Ali, who's a PhD uh, in Edinburgh. Hello, everyone. How are you? Yay. Uh, now, Ali is also the project lead on Starsight VR. So, Ali, what is Starsight VR? Uh, yeah, it's easy to explain uh, as a, it's a shared stargazing experience. So it's software to help you go stargazing, but not on your own. And uh, we're trying to get it up and running as we speak. So it started as a small uh, grant uh, and we did a little bit of testing just as a kind of proof of concept. Can you uh, take other people stargazing? Uh, and at the same time as we were thinking about that, we were thinking about getting virtual reality working at the same time. So the good old Oculus Rift is going to come out quite soon. Um, we managed to obtain a couple of headsets and got to work uh, trying to adapt uh, Stellarium, which is planetarium software freely available uh very funky stuff uh quite pretty uh, quite simple that's all you need uh, and we started having a play to see if first of all we could get it to work with the headset so the answer is yes uh, and that was looking pretty good and around about the same time we were also able to get the code to uh figure out a way to talk to other versions of stellarium as well so it, it then became possible to start thinking about okay everybody with a headset could potentially connect to the same stargazing talk. So that's when the sort of Starsight VR idea got born when we figured out how you could do all of that at the same time. Uh, so that's what we're trying to get up and running. And So you're trying these planetariums, these blow-up ones that you see around the place. So you're trying to do that, but over the internet with the Oculus Rifts. Yeah, I mean, the big glossy planetariums, the really expensive ones, they do look amazing, but A, they're expensive to build, they're expensive to visit, uh, and B, they're not always close to people. So if you've got a computer uh, and you can just download the software and then just log in and have somebody else show you around the night sky so you're not on your own with the, the planetarium software, then we, we figured that was the, the next best thing. And the, the VR experience is... It's really nice. Uh, I mean, have you have either of you tried it? I think you've both tried yeah. the early yeah. build. Yeah, we've, yeah both we, tried we've both tried it. So, did, did, yeah. did you think it was, you know, I mean, it's not as good as the real thing, right? But you don't always get the real thing. So uh, I, I thought it worked quite well, given that we weren't doing anything really complicated with the headset. Well, I haven't actually been in one of the the, the, the real things, so, but I thought it was, it was chuff and great. I mean, you, you could point things out to us and... Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, just being able to uh, sort of help people find their way around the sky, that was one of the first problems we had to solve was, okay, yeah. if people are wearing a headset, they can hear my voice, that's easy to do. There's so many third-party voice apps out there. Uh, yeah, it was the, how do you point people around if they're wearing the headset because they're not going to see me and I can't just say, look north and go three stars up. It's just not going to work. So um, our and software you, developer... Okay. Yeah, and um, just like... If you were in person, out of a tour, person giving you a start, they can point at what they're talking about. Yeah, well, in, not in yeah. this. If you're in different rooms and they're pointing, you can't see it. It's the green laser pointer effect. Yeah. So yeah, um, and I hardly ever get to use my green laser pointer in Edinburgh because it's cloudy uh, most of the time. So um, <laughs> it's quite nice. So we had to fix that. 
and you know we sort of had a little think and the idea so myself and the, our developer who's actually he intimately knows Stellarium so he's one of the developers that works on that project anyway um, so yeah, we got, can we got I him stop you here and you've mentioned Stellarium a few times but haven't explained what it is so the people listening who uh, don't actually haven't used or don't know what it is can you just say a bit more about what Stellarium is and does for people yeah, it's a, it's a planetarium for your desktop, basically. That's how it started. Um, but the great thing about it is, is it's open source and it runs on just about anything these days. So you don't need much hardware. You can use it on your phone now uh, and on tablets, I think, too. Um, so you just download it, start it up, and instantly you're greeted with a simulated night sky. I think by default it starts you in Paris because that's where the guys were from that originally got it started. Um, but all you have to do... It's a very simple user interface. So you just get in to the location window and you change where you are to Edinburgh, for example, and then the sky should look very, very close to what it should look like if there were no clouds. So it's um, very good for sort of learning about the night sky. Um, but ultimately, you're on your own. So, so it's what you can find out when you're looking at that. So what we've tried to do is just move Stellarium one step on and make it intercon- interconnected. So you can do what you would do at an observatory. You would get an astronomer or a stargazing person to just walk you through the night sky and show you the points of interest, the things that you might want to know. Uh, you can ask questions, uh, and uh, that way you're not kind of adrift uh, as much as you might be if you were on your own. But Stellarium on its own is great, so if, if you don't already have it, you should. <laughs> do you need the Oculus Rift to uh, participate in the Star Sight VR? I, as it turns out, no. Um, so when the idea first started taking off, it was all about super sexy Oculus Rift because we thought virtual reality stargazing, that's that's a no-brainer. That's going to be fun to do. Um, and as it happens, the way the software progressed, you actually hit a toggle button now to go into Oculus mode. Uh, so everything that we got working to do with pointing you around the night sky, uh, that still works even if you're not in Oculus mode. So if you don't have that toggle button option, it doesn't matter. You're still running that that build. So you'll still get um, what we managed to do is add in a red arrow. So that's the equivalent of the green laser pointer. So anything I select on my computer, uh, you'll get a red arrow pointing you in that direction. So you'll never get lost. At least that's the theory anyway. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I guess we're now in the, the scary stage because it's um, the original grant money that we had. Well, we're not talking huge amounts of money. We only had officially £9,150. Uh, so not that, very much at all. Not for brand new software. So uh, And also for buying these kit. You mm-hmm. must have spent a few thousand pounds just getting the kit together as well. Yeah, so we got uh, one gaming machine with a very good graphics card. We got three headsets, but we're down to two headsets now because we had to send one off to Taiwan to be with the developer. And so we <laughs> had that's probably his now. I think he's had it for long enough. Um, but uh, yeah, so just two headsets, and that was that was us trying to get everything interconnected. So it's a little bit tricky when you don't have all the hardware you want to begin with. Yeah, but we, I mean. We were lucky because Stellarium's already got everything you need. As an astronomer, if you want to give a stargazing talk, that everything you need is in there. You can do orbits, you can do um, zooming in on objects, you can speed time up, you can remove the atmosphere if you want, all of these kind of things. So it was very nice to sort of start with that and then just try and A, make it work in the VR, uh, the Oculus Rift thing, and then figure out how to get it to 
talk to other simulations at the same time. So yeah. um, it's actually, yeah, it's quite nice. I mean, all you're doing is sending the telemetry. So every machine will be running its own independent simulation. It's just that I'm in control of whether or not the constellation lines are turned on, that kind of thing. But that's all you need. So uh, requirements for for this is very low on the network end. Even someone with not great internet could join you with one of these. Yeah, I mean, even if your internet wasn't great, the work, the first thing that would be in trouble would be the voice. So as long as you could hear me, it doesn't really matter if your simulation is a few seconds behind mine because, uh, you know, I'm not going to be moving that fast through a talk. So I don't think there'll be any issues with that at all. It's, it's probably as long as you can make a Skype phone call, you've probably got enough bandwidth to... Uh, to do it um, the real yeah. question is if you want to go to virtual reality how much hardware do you need to make that work well and so far we've sort of found that yeah you, you need at least uh, a year or two old on the graphics card but no more uh, or you won't so have enough. you basically need oculus rifts minimum spec and if you have that you have enough to run solarium as well because solarium is low requirement Yes, Delirium on its own runs on just about anything. I've still got a, like an eight-year-old netbook that can run it without um, starting too badly, so that's quite impressive. But the minute you switch to the Oculus, uh, you're talking quite big frame rates. So um, uh, the first thing to go is the, the frame rate starts to suffer, and then it makes the experience very uncomfortable because you know it's like watching a movie that's not running at enough frames per second. It's just it's not nice, and you get the old yeah. uh, nausea-inducing moment. But yeah. in, in theory, we can do better than we have at the moment, and this all takes time and development money, which is what we don't have yet. Um, but because Stellarium is quite easy on the hardware, we think we can optimize the code enough so that it does run on lower spec machines. I mean, it would be a really good entry for people if you've just bought a brand new headset, but your machine's not uh, quite up to scratch. This would be a really good place to start because we're not actually doing any 3D. There's no stereoscopic stuff in Starsight VR. And um, uh, strangely enough, you don't need it because the only thing that's close to you is the ground, uh, which in Stellarium is just a sort of bitmap. It's a fake horizon kind of thing. But everything else is at infinity, so there is no real stereoscopic effect that we need to worry about. So yeah. we've already realised that you can save a lot there just by not doing anything in 3D. So essentially mirroring the same view in each eye. So we're, we're almost certain we can get it to run on lower spec machines than it currently does. Yeah, well, the minimum requirements for people who don't know of the Oculus Rift at the moment for the development kit 2 is a NVIDIA GTX 600 series and a decent processor. But the release version is uh, looking a lot uh, higher spec than that. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a bit depressing because it is. Um, even if we get the code working really well on the DK2, uh, when the new one comes out, there's no guarantee it's going to scale up nicely or there might be more bugs to sort of <laughs> figure out before yeah. that happens. But I, I guess that's part of the fun of the crowdfunder. So we've been very honest with people. We've not said it's all working and it's all beautifully polished, but at the same time, we're really close to having something that we can give to people to start testing with. Um could you run tours with this with half the people on Oculus and half the people just on their computers? I don't see any reason why not. I mean, according to our developer, the way he's integrated the telemetry, uh, he sort of said, in theory, there's no real limit until your, your bandwidth 
uh, issues start to creep in. So we don't know how many simultaneous users you can have connected yet. And that's one of the main reasons we need more people to, to help us out. So the crowdfunder gives us a chance to, A, make a bit more money. So we're trying to double the original grant so we can hopefully get this finished and polished enough to give to people and have it work well. Uh, but B, it's, it's about finding that a sort of testing community, if you like, people that are keen enough on stargazing or have the headset and want to help out on the, the sort of beta testing type thing because um, we need feedback and we need to sort of do some stress testing, I believe is the phrase. We just need to sort of see, you know, if 100 people are connected at once, does everything still run smooth or do people start getting uh, very strange things happening? So that is still an unknown and that's it's why we've said we're not ready to release yet because we want to sort of answer these before we tell people it's stable. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Is this all going to be open source? So once all your grants are run out, run out, your crowdfund money's gone, will all this be released to the general public as part of the Stellarium package? Uh, yes, that was that was easy to decide upon because Stellarium's the because of the open source sort of ruling. If you like, you're not really allowed to make any profit on open source software, so we wouldn't ever sell that at all. That's always going to be freely available, and obviously we'll hand it back to the Stellarium devs as well. That's something that uh, further down the line, if they decide they like bits of this code, they might start incorporating it, incorporating it into the main. Uh, Stellarium branch, which is something else to think about. But it's quite nice that we can have a standalone build that we know works and, and focus on that for, for doing these live. And as for making any extra money, I mean, maybe we could, uh, if we're still running shows six months from now, we could maybe ask people to donate to the ROE Trust, for example, if they uh, enjoyed the experience and they want to see the software developed even further, we could maybe think about doing things like that. But yes, this is very much not for profit. Do you have plans to do some um, like recent star stargazing tours as beta testing? Are they sort of planned in? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I, I'd sort of in my head we thought, depending on how many people we get, we would maybe schedule something every couple of weeks or maybe once every four weeks or something. And what yeah. we would do is we would have a our website would have the schedule on it, and maybe a week before the stargazing show, we would do a technical demonstration instead. In which case, we would just boot up the server, make sure people can connect, make sure people can hear the voice, make sure all the telemetry is working, and then sort of take time to iron out any kinks in the connections there. And then the week after, take those same people and then go, right, this is the stargazing show we've got for you. What do you think? That kind of thing. Because one of the things I'm curious to ask people, and maybe you guys have got an answer on this as well, is... What kind of stargazing tour would you like? Because you can be incredibly technical. You can talk about uh, parallaxes and whatever planet is up that particular evening. Or um, if you are a bit more like myself, uh, I tend to go a bit more, here's the stuff you need to know. So I, I kind of, I almost treat everybody like first-time stargazers and just sort of start from scratch and go, okay, this is, you know, you've got to point out the Milky Way and exactly what a star is, all this kind of stuff. So uh, I'm a big <laughs> fan of that kind of rookie guide to the universe type things so uh, oh, it sounds like there's places for both of these inside star site vr yeah yeah i yeah. think so and and what would be fun is maybe i could have fun doing the rookie ones uh, and then people who are brainier than myself uh, can come in and do the more technical ones too and then that way you're sort of catering to everybody um but yeah we're, if, if people want us to do one thing and not another then yeah by all means we'll sort of focus on that for them yeah 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 that sounds cool 
So it sounds like a, a really exciting project. Cheers, tunes. Uh, so I, I guess there's other interesting directions we can move in. So I've got a, a list of things I want to do that's as long as my arm. Uh, and it's just a question of what's the priority. So I think we have to be realistic. I mean, the crowdfunder, it's not a huge amount of money we're asking for, but if we don't manage to, to, to get it, then we'll just have to release whatever we can before the money completely runs out and then see see what happens with it. I mean, some people have suggested to me it's maybe a bit early to be persuading people to go for virtual reality things. Um, but given that the headset's not essential, I don't think that matters. I think the sooner we get it out there, the sooner we can see. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think no. that's, that's a yeah. good idea. Well, I think actually the important thing is that you don't need the, the Oculus or any VR headset at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, it's kind of a win-win because at the very least, yeah. uh, all the money does is make the software better. It doesn't take us back. And uh, so we've already got the, the, the working prototype. And if we can just tweak one or two things, we should be all right to, to release what we have and then just sort of see where it goes from there. Um, is there any plans to expand the headsets that it works on in the VR world? Because at the end of this year, early next year, there's plans for three or four um, virtual reality headsets to really appear. Yeah, in the I, I think. I mean, I might leave that one in the hands of whoever's using the stargazing talks because uh, it might turn out that one is more popular than another. And given that we're kind of running on a limited budget, we would maybe focus on the ones that people were specifically asking for. Um, yeah. So it might be it might be fun just to see which ones do well on the market. And then you know, I see no reason why you couldn't get it working on everything because essentially all you need to do is get Stellarium to. Uh, give what it needs to the driver of the headset. So, you know, in the Oculus yeah. case, you've just got to get the distortion correction, the color correction, and make sure it's output at yeah. the right, uh, you know, orientation, and then you're good to go. So you just have to do that for each each one. And how sophisticated you get with that is, I guess, is budget dependent, but we could probably get a, a working version for everything. Given that there's a lot of devs out there who are very brainy in such matters, we could probably find ways of doing that on the cheap too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always a good thing. So, I, I, one of the things I want to add that I can't yet, uh, because I need to wait and see if we can get everything else working first, is make the thing two directional. So, at the moment, you would connect to the talk, and I would be able to guide you around, and that's great. But I have no way of letting people ask the question, "What am I looking at?" Yet, so that would be something worth adding, I think. And what I'd sort of had in my head for that was if somebody's looking at something that they don't know what it is uh i need a way of seeing on my machine what their field of view is because i'm i'm never wearing the headset i'm just looking at the normal screen uh, yeah. and if they've got yeah. the headset on i need to have a way of saying okay what's in the center of your field of view and then i'll, I'll be able to answer the question so that would be quite yeah. nice um but because it's not uh, it's kind of more of a luxury um i can't add it yet um, but being able to answer questions, that's kind of like a, a key thing of being able to go stargazing. So, yeah, we definitely need that. I mean, ultimately, people could ask questions if you enabled their mics in the in the voice channel. But it's not quite as nice when you have to sort of <laughs> verbally describe what you were looking at to try and get the answer you were after. So we'll see how that works. So just uh, start promoting your channel. 
where do they have to go to uh, donate? Uh, yeah, so we're uh, on crowdfunder.co.uk. Um, so Starsight VR, all you have to do is search for that. And if you search Starsight VR in Google, you'll now get our website, which is uh, starsightvr.org.uk. Uh, so there'll be a little bit more info there. I've also done a much more glossy and sexified YouTube video that tries to sum everything up in three minutes, which was quite tricky to do. Uh, so, <laughs> y- yeah, you'll get a summary there. But, yeah, by all means, uh, share it around because I think at the moment we've had quite a few hits to the crowdfunder page, but, but not enough yet because I know there's a lot of people yeah. out there with headsets and a lot of people out there that like stargazing and we haven't quite, you know, hit that sort of, uh, I don't know what you call it the, when you're crowdfunding, just that kind of help it go viral kind of thing. And that's what we need now. So just to, yeah. to see how well, we'll do our best to help in that. So it's much appreciated, yeah, George. No. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this is being crowdfunded. What sort of rewards are people being offered? Oh, well, remember. Uh, yeah, I, the rewards were a bit strange, but we came up with a little quirky thing, which we hoped people would like. And it seems to be a, a, a good idea so far. So uh, depending on how much you fund us with, uh, we can attach your name to a star inside uh, Starsight VR. So we're not actually selling stars because I'm pretty sure that's illegal. Uh, but what we wanted to do is at the end of a stargazing talk, once I've sort of uh, finished everything I have to say and, you know, all the 2001 theme tunes playing or whatever, uh, I want to be able to hit a button and have the names of everybody who donated to the project be uh, attached to stars above you. So I can sort of go, these are the names of all the people that helped uh, fund what you were using today kind of thing. So the given that there's some bright stars and some not so bright stars in the sky, that's how we've scaled the funding. So if you're willing to spend 100 quid, you can get one of the 20 brightest stars in the sky. Uh, and, you know, as, as the amount goes down, you can get another star. So it just means you won't have one of the bright ones. But it really doesn't matter. It's all about getting your name up there. So it's just we thought it was a nice, quirky way of saying thanks. Um, and, you know, for the really special people, I might sell them a planet, but I haven't figured out how much to charge for Jupiter or Saturn yet. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think? Was that was that too much of a cheesy idea? Somebody said they thought it was no, a bit tacky, I like that. but I would. Try and, I was like, it's not try tacky. And, try and sell to one of the planets back to uh, SDFC who funded this in the first place. Do you think they would go for it? I mean, they might say, "We gave you nine grand. We want the sun or something." So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, that's actually a... It's worth a cheeky try. It's always worth a try, isn't it? I mean, I, yeah, I, ironically, yeah. um, if the crowdfunder doesn't work, I'll be a little bit sad, but it won't mean it's the end for Starsight VR because uh, the STFC guys, they have two different funds and we applied for the small public engagement award uh, and we cleaned it out. So that's great. But they also have a large... Um, a large project award so you can ask for more money so we could potentially go back and say we would like some more please but obviously <laughs> if we go back to them we would like to be able to say our crowdfunder here's how well it did here's all the great feedback we've been getting and uh, so so we have yeah. some of that but maybe they would come back to us and say well if you don't have the the interest then you know you got to justify why we should give more money to this so uh, they might be kind to us uh, or they might not. So we'll just have to wait and see. But it would be great to sort of say, OK, we've made 10,000 on a crowdfunder and now we're asking for another 10,000 from STFC again. And they might be able to sort of match the public funding. But that's not something we can guarantee at the moment. So that's just a, another possibility. But it would be nice. We should point out for anyone who doesn't know, STFC is one of the UK research councils. Oh, yes. Sorry. Part of the government. Almost. It's, it's acronym central up at the observatory, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> Well, you, you do. I was also pointing out you do have flexible funding, so 
So even if it's not completely successful and you, you reach 100%, you still get the funding raised? Yes, we decided that because we've already got something that works, uh, even if it was a little bit um, rough around the edges, we would still release it. So it doesn't really matter if we don't have the full amount, we'll still release something. Um, mm. And uh, hopefully it'll be in a sort of position where it's uh, stable enough that I don't have to feel guilty <laughs> that I didn't fix everything that I knew needed fixing. So yeah, But it, it's working pretty well. So most of the stuff is cosmetic. There's one or two key things we're trying to get working with the last little dregs of money we've got. One of them is zooming in on uh, deep sky objects. That's uh, one of the biggest problems we've had. Because oh, cool. uh, if you're using Stellarium on your own, uh, you just slide the mouse wheel forward and boom, you're you're sitting right beside the object. And it's great for that. But obviously, if you have 20 people all wearing headsets, all potentially looking in different directions, and you want to zoom in on the Orion Nebula, then three people will fall down, two will vomit, and everybody else will go, ooh, that's pretty. So um, we can't really do that. So to get around it, what we're trying to do is come up with a, a clever way of making the object bigger on the sky instead of actually changing your field of view, because we figured that was just asking for trouble uh, in a group yeah. sort of situation. So we've been able to do it for planning. Planets, we, the, there's a really sexy way of doing planets, and that's just to replace the moon with any of the planets. Uh, so it, it's kind of a win-win because you have the planet at the distance of the moon, so you get the scale right, so your brain can go, oh, okay, I can compare that to the size of the moon. Uh, but you also get the phases, so you can park Saturn next door and see what it looks like with uh, half of its, uh, only half of the disk covered and the shadow that the rings cast. So that, that looks incredible, uh, but it's not a view you get from Earth because Saturn's nearly always um, got a full disk relative to the Earth, so you know, your, your ring shadows yeah, will change yeah. too, but it takes a long time. So uh, that was a nice bonus. So we've got planets covered. It's just the deep sky stuff we're working on now. Um, Would it be possible to replace the moon with other objects, like the Death Star? Uh, <laughs> you, Terrify people. What, you, you're talking about Mimus, right? <laughs> so, yeah, this is the moon that looks like a Death Star because it has a crater in exactly the right part of the Northern Hemisphere. So... Uh, nice. And, you know, thanks to the way the code works, in theory, I could scale the object. So even though Mimus is quite small, we could make it bigger. So it still looked like the Death Star hanging in sky above the planet. I, I, w I was actually just meaning the, like, the real Death Star. <laughs> the real Star. Death Star? Well, we could make that an Easter egg if you, if you had an option. <laughs> but then if it was Mimus, I could go, that's no moon. That's a... Oh, no, wait, it's a moon. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know... It sounds like we're going to have to try and get this it, done. It would be fun. I want to do the, I'm not going to lie, the developer kind of laughed at me when I suggested this, but I was like, you don't understand, this could be very important. It's the Star Wars Tatooine sunset ending. That's how you finish. Oh, <laughs> that would be cool. So you could put multiple suns I in. want to. I don't know. Delirium's not built for a binary star system in the middle. So uh, whatever we do, we'd have to sort of fake the second sun. But the science is really important because we know about planets are in binary star systems. So in theory, there's no reason why we shouldn't do that. Uh, and it would be beautiful. You yeah. could replace the yeah. ground with a desert. Uh, you could put two suns in the sky instead of just one. And then I'll hum the... <laughs> and you know if if that's the moment people remember from a talk like that then that's fine it's yeah it's, it's all part of the part of the fun with these kind of things so we'll see um yeah i'm not yeah. going to add santa claus yet though 
<laughs> Maybe for a Christmas. Well, talk. yeah, we could. Yeah, oh, we'll do. It'll be like one of these online free-to-play game things. We'll just bring in something for Halloween, like a witch flying overhead, and then you know, <laughs> it'd be kind of fun. So we'll see. Um, okay, so we're just about out of time now. Uh, I I just want to say uh, thanks again to Ali for coming on. Thank you, guys. Once again, do you want to quickly reiterate what you're doing? and how people can talk to you uh, Starsight VR if you didn't get all from my rambling diatribe just then it's starsightvr.org.uk we're on uh, the crowdfunder.co.uk website and if you really want to ask me a burning question uh, my hashtag is at space oot so it's O-O-T that's spelled Scottish style thank you very much for having me again <laughs> no worries it's great to have you especially support these uh, interesting new developments cool science guys uh, and happy half birthday as well for your anniversary <laughs> Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. <laughs> right, as always, uh, I'm at Octavius404. I'm at Levity Dave. We're at perfectemotion.co.uk. You can email us at feedback at perfectemotion.co.uk if you really want to tell us what's going on. We're, we're on most sort of podcasting things. I think, Dave, you got us on a different one, didn't you? Um, we've just joined uh, Stitcher, which is... Uh, kind of cool yeah. so find us on there i'll be tweeting out the links and uh, don't forget to review us on there or itunes or wherever yeah so thanks again for listening to us see you guys bye, bye.